Brewing with Style is brought to you by Northern Brewer with fast shipping, expert advice, and all the ingredients and equipment you need to make the best beer possible. Visit them today at northernbrewer.com. This is the Brewing Network's Brewing with Style, hosted by Jamil Zanishev and Mike Tasty McDole, along with special guest Jonathan Plise. Now, here's Jamil. Hey, howdy, hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters. Hey, 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 welcome to the show. It's kind of like a Fat Albert thing. Hey, hey, hey. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. We're, we're, we're nothing if we're not flashback friendly here. Flashback. Or flash forward, whatever you... A lot of beers on this table, man. Yeah, I don't Kinda, know that I have everything, uh... Oh, we didn't open everything. We didn't even open the meantime. We have, we have time, but... figure we get them out, let them warm up a little bit since the quarter, you know. A little bit warm, right, better right. in the room temperature. This looks like a Mike Riddle porter here. It is the Mike Riddle. There you go. He's a hell of a brewer, huh, Jamil? Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, back when I was uh, starting out and when I was competing, I tell you, he was always very nice to me. A lot of people were dicks <laughs> because... Uh, I uh, did well. Uh, he he didn't care one way or another. He was always just ultra friendly and just kind guy and helpful with his information the way the way brewers should be. And uh, you know, there I always heard all sorts of uh, you know stuff about him, how he did this and he did that, and you know, again, it's like you know uh, he was successful, so. People had all sorts of bad things to say about him, which was just he was very bizarre great. because yeah. he's just the nicest guy. Yeah, uh, you know, smart, friendly, helpful, giving. giving. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's like, why anyone would ever say anything bad about him? Yeah, I know, yeah. just just bizarre to me. And and that's that was the world of uh, competing in homebrew competitions in the uh, <laughs> in the in the Northern California area. So competitive. <laughs> oh yeah, it's just people. Just uh, people are funny. Doing weird things. Speaking of weird things, uh, John, uh, you got a weird thing to tell us about? No, uh, no, 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 no. I didn't tell him about that one. <laughs> oh, well, I'll wait a while. Say, you can save it for Jay-Z's Medical Corner. Um, maybe uh. another one. I don't know. Now, Tasty, you I, must have odd things to say. <laughs> I mean, I, I just looking but, at you. I got not talking about you know, erections? What are you talking about? You got to have some, some weird that? medical problems going oh, on. I can tell you all kinds of shit. Mike was telling me all kinds of shit on the way over. It was great. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty good at giving a, a gynecological exam, too. I can. I, can, <laughs> I figured that out. Is that what happened that, on the, the way customers over? customers seem to like Maybe it. a gynecological exam? No, that was some other event. But yeah. Yeah. You can do the exam, but can you diagnose anything? Mike has game. No, I'm just no. having fun. You just exam and then, <laughs> okay, fun. send know. them on their way. They don't get a bill. <laughs> you just feel better afterwards. You're getting the shocker for nothing, too. <laughs> the shocker. Is that uh, yeah, doing, doing the pink one on the stink? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, my God. It's the shocker. That's not true at all. I don't, the shocker that is, is, is man on man. That's the shocker. Oh. Yeah, that's that's. I thought this was on. The, you know this that? on the chick. No, the the, shock, the shocker. It's a move in wrestling. Oh. When you give him the shocker, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's what I'm telling you. I don't know what just happened. Well, the contemporary <laughs> <laughs> Moscow is like. That's that's. She told me that's where it comes from. Said I'd like the shocker, please. Right? I don't think she wanted to wrestle. <laughs> <laughs> 
based on what she was presenting. Don't don't most women struggle against you? Is it, is it most women trying to get away or no, I cry. break free? I, I cry until they give in. Until they give in. <laughs> uh, he, he plays the victim. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I don't have long to live. You can tell. Come on. Give a guy a thrill. Yeah. Bust Jeez. these nuts. <laughs> Just don't scratch my balls too hard. Right. <laughs> like a bleeding emergency. Yeah. Think, there you go. That'd be oh, mess. Could be messy. Could be could be painful. What's this show going to sound like once we actually get through the robust borders? Oh yeah. Oh, we're going to be trashed. It's going to be great. <clears throat> uh, but what the heck? I think I think we uh, we can do it. Yeah, we're doing robust porter today, and uh, thanks thanks in a large part to your uh, your good friend in the homebrew world supply chain, uh, Northern Brewer. Uh, they uh, they've been paying for the show, so so you don't have to for. Eight years now? A long, long, long time. That's long, a lot of time. checks to write for crap like this. <laughs> right, wait. Oh yeah, that, yeah. But I'll, I'll tell you where. We'll where, have to give them a discount on that first five minutes. Well, I'll, I'll tell you where they really do well and where they they obviously put their brain power because they're not thinking about this. They're thinking about their customers, uh, efficient shipping, uh, or uh, you know, stocking great unusual products that are hard to find elsewhere. They got them. They got them fresh. They got them. Priced right, great shipping, great customer service. Check them out, northernbrewer.com. They're, they're paying for the show so you don't have to. So go go check them out and give them some love. All right, as we said, we're going to do uh, Robust Porter this show. We've got uh, quite a selection. We've got, uh, let's see, Sierra Nevada Porter. We've got, got, six beers uh, we've got uh, a Mike Riddle, as we mentioned, uh, his, his porter. We've got uh, a Black Butte Porter. That's Always been one of my favorites. We've got the meantime porter. We got heretic shallow grave porter, uh, and we've got uh, Joe, a listener here in the studio with us. Uh, his his porter, which he said turned out too big, so more of an imperial porter. But I think we'll still enjoy it anyways. We'll give it a taste. And then we've got old growler, a, uh, a special porter beer from 1994 that a listener set in. Uh, that'll be uh, kind of fun to to check out. That's a, 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 a British. Uh, beer there so are we going to save that for last yeah once our, our palates are perfect we'll, we'll uh, exactly we'll go with the old growler god this oxidized flavors mm. <laughs> that, well, was you, by, that was sent in by that was sent in by gene janeiro he said he uh, hauled a 12 pack uh on a carry-on back in march 93 managed, oh, wow. managed to keep one of them all this time well sweet well thanks for sharing march yeah. 93 and this is mark 94 though how's that possible oh uh, maybe it's best buy oh yeah yeah, the best best before what year, what year best is it? before end of Mar- May ninety four. <laughs> so they wanted you to drink this before May ninety four. You're about ten years late, dude. Or twenty years late. Twenty. Twenty twenty uh twenty plus years. Twenty twenty and a half years late. What's the oldest beer you guys have, have drank? Well, back in the back in the day, you know, back in the back in the seventies, uh, I drank beer in the seventies. So would that make it older or younger? I, don't, I gotta do the math on that. Hold on. <laughs> no, uh, I, I went to a vertical tasting of uh, um, of uh, old uh, old ales or barley wines or whatever it was. That was like twenty years of vertical tastings, and I've done like a twenty year vertical tasting of anchors christmas ale what generally tends to happen after after all that time some of them taste like shit and some of them develop some interesting characters that um 
are quite pleasing, but all of them have quite a bit of like a soy saucy thing mm. going on. What's an example of a shitty characteristic? Uh, weird, souring, weird, you know, funk that never went away, uh, you know. Yeah. Uh, some, Secondary fermentation. Some nasty, nasty stuff sometimes. What's an example of, of a positive, interesting development? Sherry notes, uh, you know, some, uh, you know, fruity notes, fruitiness with the alcohols changing over time, things like that. But generally, a lot of beers... You know, you even the ones that age, you get past four or five years, and then they tend to start getting really weird. But every once in a while, you go, oh, that's kind of nice. But, you know, you got to appreciate the fact that it's old. Is it? Can you guys conceive of any universe where this porter from 94 would still be yeah. palatable? Absolutely. Yeah? Sure. sure. Well, I assume the listener sent it in. I'm sorry, I forgot his name. Gene. Gene, Gene uh, has been drinking over time, and he thinks, you know, this, this may be something we want to try. Or maybe he was they, a piece of shit. Oh yeah, maybe. When we had when he had one two years ago, he probably already drank this. I very much appreciate Gene uh, sending this in. If I had another BYO magazine to give away, I'd give it to Gene. I'm sure he takes great comfort in that statement. <laughs> we would have given him. Something. I would. I would. I would have given him the jet ski. You know. Send him a bottle of a hair tick. <laughs> I'm not mailing anything to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> like I wanted you. He wants to come and pick it up. Yeah, he's go, welcome to it. All yes. Right. Uh, yeah, so so I I think that there's the potential there. You know, the, the darker the beer, the more, uh, I think, antioxidant activity you get from those highly kill malts. And I think that that can uh, help. Uh, and then, uh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, 5.5%, the old growler. All right. So uh, we're talking about uh, RoboSporter. John, you want to give us a quick rundown on the BJCP style? Absolutely. RoboSporter? Yeah, this style has a very open... Interpretation. I mean, if you look at the gravity, you know, 1048, 1065 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. IBUs range. 4.8 4. to 6.5%. Yeah. Right. 25 to 50 IBUs. So, I mean, robust, I mean, what a subjective term. I mean, it's so wide open, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, visually, I mean, it can range dark brown to black in color, you know. Uh, in the aromas, you should get some coffee, like uh, chocolate-like, like a light hop character coming through. Maybe, you know, subtle, you know, hop character. I think you definitely want a kind of a, a chocolatey, roasty coffee note coming through, mm-hmm. um, and some breadiness as well. Uh, it should definitely be malt forward, you know, not too bitter. I mean, it's all about a balance, but mostly malt forward uh, and a nice roasty character. Uh, I always think of a porter that has to have some dark chocolate notes to it, and that comes from the roasted malts. But there's got to be this balance of roasty and chocolate, and that's where you get this dark chocolate, chocolate character. Um, you know. Overall, I mean, it's really open for interpretation, this beer. Um, I think you just go for balance, go for healthy fermentation, healthy yeast. But, you know, this this beer is a great dessert beer. It's a great session beer if you do a lower gravity beer. It's a great, you know, good night beer. Uh, and it ages really, really well. I, mm-hmm. I found this beer at a, a year in a bottle will be perfect. Things, things just seem to mellow. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. it just really rounds out and everything softens. Mm-hmm. But... um. You yeah. like it when everything softens. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my t- top 10 beers, absolutely, like mm-hmm. that I always brew. Mm-hmm. It's a great beer. So, Were you affected by Regan at uh, More Beer and his love for porters? Oh, yeah, that's a great story. Early. Absolutely. Yeah, early. Once, Regan, uh, Regan and I was, Regan was actually one of my first friends at More Beer. Like, we'd hang out every day, every night, um, party with Regan. We would make up dinners. We'd have chili, you know. 
and use leftovers. We'd put apricots. We'd eat ice cream with like hot sauce and mm-hmm. stuff. We were crazy. Um, but he would he shared this recipe with me, and then I found out that he actually shared it with you. And then this, mm-hmm. you evolved it, and you took it from there. But um, Regan's definitely uh, he's the porter guy. That was his favorite beer, mm-hmm. and he could he could tell right off the bat like if it was balanced or not. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had a true passion for it, and that guy was he was a man. I miss yeah. Regan. He's not dead. No, but he's off the grid, so right. I miss Craig. <laughs> he's not a member I, I, of society I, I, anymore. I, I miss seeing him, too, and hanging out with him. I, actually, I miss uh, a lot of the uh, uh, more beer guys. Uh, you know, a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, we, we hired Jenny to work in the tasting room. So She still works Jenny at Morbeer. She still works oh, at yeah? Morbeer. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Sweet. She still works at Morbeer, but That's she's cool. working in our tasting room. Right on. So it's I actually get little, really convenient for her to commute to. Yeah. Get updates now. We're, we're closer to her than Morbeer is to her. Right on. So we get, you know. It's kind of cool. Yeah. She's got the great bubbly outgoing. She's very personal, you know. she got the great bubblies. Sure customers yeah, yeah, like yeah, I bet you. she got the great, great bubblies. <laughs> so that's where it was for. There you go. All right. No comment. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, um, you know, like John's saying, there's, there's a range of, uh, you know, characters here. And one of the most common questions I get is, so what's the dividing line between like a brown porter and a robust porter? What's the dividing line between stout and porter? It's a good question. Yeah. What's the answer? I would say it's visual. It's an appearance. I don't know. I, I, chocolate malt and and, and hops. Yeah. Hoppier, right? Yeah. It's got more chocolate character, and it's which what? the robust porter. Yeah, the robust. Right. Uh huh. And the, of course, the stout doesn't have any chocolate at all. Right. Or crystal malt. I mean, there's certain oh, stouts yeah. that will have crystal malt, but a dry stout won't have any crystal malt. The right. stout always has roasted barley. Right. Uh, you know, a drier, sharper right. uh, roast character right. Right. versus more of a chocolatey character. Right. Uh, not not so so sharp and dry. And, and much and bigger crystal load, too, than the robust porter. Cause uh, it's bigger bigger, bigger load, in, load, in, load in the porter. Absolutely, but brown porter is kind of a, a almost brown ale, right? And it's a, st- a lower gravity brown ale, but it's not mm-hmm. overly hot. Um, right, and I think it's like an over the top amber. Well, and robust porter, I think you know now can take you know more hop uh, character mm. because uh, of the American influence on it. You know, robust porter is now more of an American style than it is a British style. Oh yeah, perhaps you know that's where it started. That's where it grew to fame and became the beer of the, you know, the Industrial Revolution. But, uh, you know, it's now an American-style robust porter. It's what, you know, we, we brew more robust porter here than anywhere in the world, and we decide, hey, it could have a little more hops, you right. know, as, as we, we want to do. All right. Very cool. All right, let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll get into uh, the beers in front of us right after this. You're listening to Brewing with Style on the Brewing Network. In a world where everything has been lost. What happened to the city? It's in ruins. Only one man has the ancient knowledge to restore civilization. Uh, I need a drink. No, the liquor store's been ransacked. 
You looking for beer, stranger? <laughs> Boy, all the liquor got drunk up in the first 25 minutes of the apocalypse. Wait, there's still some bottles over... Oh, no. Those are non-alcoholic beer. <laughs> I reckon you better stick to Arrowroot tea and a desperate nomadic existence like the rest of us. People, I'm a home brewer. I know how to make alcohol. <gasps> oh, it can't be done. Come with me if you want the beer. Okay, I'm going to need some big plastic buckets. He is the chosen one. The prophecies say that he's going to get us wasted. Someone start heating water. And then From the creators of Northern Brewer, the people who brought you massive selection and superior customer service comes the Home Brewer. Are you a member of the American Homebrewers Association? Well, you should be. Members of the AHA can focus on brewing beer, and the AHA takes care of the rest. The American Homebrewers Association advocates on behalf of homebrewers like you to legalize the hobby in all 50 states and make sure that beer laws make sense. Plus, there are many great benefits that come with your AHA membership, like AHA member deals that give you awesome deals at bars, restaurants, breweries, and more. Zymer G Magazine and E. Zymergy for tons of articles, how-tos, easy-to-follow recipes, and news about the hobby you love, and access to the members-only content on homebrewersassociation.org. But the AHA can't do it without your support. Join today so the American Homebrewers Association can keep fighting for your homebrewing rights. Visit homebrewersassociation.org or join now from the homepage of the Brewing Network website. Relax. Don't worry. It's the American Homebrewers Association. When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it, too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for any beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone certification program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious, Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. Hi, I'm Jason Harris, the proud owner here at Keystone Homebrew Supply. We're thrilled to be entering our 20th year of supplying this great industry. And to show you, the Brewing Network Army, how much we appreciate your support, we're offering you 10% off your first order on our website, keystonehomebrew.com. Just use coupon code BNARMY at checkout, and I'll get your order out the same day. My goal at Keystone Homebrew Supply has always been to have a complete supply of everything a brewer could want. When you place your order online or when you come into our store, it's our goal to have everything on your list and more. One aspect of KeystoneHomebrew.com that we're really excited about is the ability to fulfill customers' exact grain bills. Do you hate to wait? Keystone Homebrew Supply can get your precious yeast and hops to you within just one day if you live between Connecticut and Virginia and within two days east of the Mississippi. KeystoneHomebrew.com I'm Jason Harris and I approve this message. 
Now back to Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. We're enjoying a wide assortment of uh, robust porters. We've got Black Butte Porter, Sierra Nevada Porter. We've got Meantime Porter. We've got uh, Heretic uh, Porter. We've got uh, Mike Riddle's Porter. We've got uh, Joe's Imperial Porter. Uh, anything I didn't mention? I think that's it. So six, and then we're going to enjoy the old growler as we go through uh, uh, Jay-Z's God Knows What corner. Do you think that if they redid the style guidelines today, that Shallow Grave, Heretic Shallow Grave, would, would make the list? Is it a classic example of the style? Um, yeah, I, I, I think it should. Honestly, I think it should. Um, I think it's I think it's in there. I think it's I think a lot a, a lot of other beers should as well. I think there there's quite a few examples that they do not include in there that they should include, and some that may not be quite as up on the current category can you give me an example like what what should they have included um i don't know um i think there's a lot of great robust porter being brewed maybe mike riddles i don't know uh yeah it's a nice beer just put a riddle in there yeah you you put me on the spot i don't know uh oh i'll tell you um uh here's one uh uh lady face uh down in uh Agora. agora hills there you go put that porter on there on the list there you go. Easy to get and uh, it's fantastic. There's a, there's a great uh, porter that's deserving of being on the BJCP list. You brewed this beer a lot, right, Jamil? This style, uh, robust porter. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. As over a home the, brewer, but over the years, how has you, how has that style evolved for you? Uh, you know, really. Uh, <clears throat> I had been brewing it before, you know, talking to Regan and Chris at, at More Beer, and, uh, you know, I wanted to, but I was brewing uh, extract with specialty grains, and then I wanted to go all grain. I said, okay, I want to go all grain. I brew in a lot of robust porter. I enjoy it. You know, give me a starting recipe. And so Chris said, hey, Regan, uh, Chris came up with the, the recipe, actually. It was Chris. So he dissected it from Regan. No, he he came. He was like, "Here, how about uh, you know Rose Porter?" Chris knocked it out. Awesome. And he's like, "You know, let me check with Regan. Regan brews a lot of Robust Porter, and see what he thinks about this recipe." So truly, the the recipe came from Chris. There you go. I've been crediting Regan with it for a long time, but Chris Graham, uh, our friend at More Beer, he uh, he actually he did a lot, he did a lot of them. Oh yeah, he yeah. He, he knows recipes, and yeah. he he did a lot of stuff for me, but. So he he came up with it. I remember it. And then he he called Regan. And he said, "Hey, you know, take a look at this and just you know confirm for me. I'm giving him, you know, the best possible recipe." And I think Regan had a couple of tweaks on that. He's like, "Yeah, yeah, maybe throw in a little of this, and uh, maybe a little less that." And and that was it. And then that was the recipe he went with. It wasn't Regan's recipe per se, but you know, Regan looked at it and kind of. Said, yeah, you know, and then, um, you know, later on, I, so I kept adjusting it for different things. And then I also experimented with adding fruit, adding all sorts of stuff. And I learned about adjusting a base porter recipe in order to add fruits, add other things. And so the shallow grave, when we brewed it, we, um, you know, we were, it wasn't even called shallow grave. I was going to brew. Chad asked us to brew a flavored porter for him at Handles at the time. Oh. And I'm like, all right, you got it. So I 
set up a recipe to be brewed commercially that was going to be flavored. So I, I changed the recipe for that. We brewed that, and then we were kind of discussing how to flavor that thing. Regan came by, and he wanted to you know visit, and I'm like, here, taste the porter. And he's like, what the fuck? He goes, don't add anything to it. He says, just sell it as is. And so we started selling it. Well, now, two years later, we actually added chocolate and hazelnut to it, and we sell it at the tap room with chocolate and hazelnut. It is out of this world good. Nice. It is so good. And so, you know, now it's got the flavoring that was missing from it all this time. What it was that, designed the, for. the reason that it was designed for. And it, it is just blow your mind good. you got to come by. I do. Dude, I do. you got to come by. What the hell am I doing? Yeah, it's on tap there. It's worth checking out. Bring oh, the yeah. family. You can bring, you sure? bring the wife. Bring the daughter. Okay. Yeah. And bring, like, chalk so she can write on your brewery floor? Yeah. We don't have a uh, age restriction. Okay, so cool. You can, you can bring, <laughs> bring kids. I will. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you got to come by and taste, taste it. Um, anyways, so I've been rambling on. But I, I don't what know a, what we what start, a, started with. What a great additive. I mean, yeah, an adjunct add. Tastes great. All right, so what were we talking about before I... <laughs> well, first of all, the wide variety of uh, flavors we're getting out of the porters in front of this. Yes, so. yes, yes, yes. All right. Uh, I, the, the, uh, I'm getting a lot of what, what you know, out of the... Uh, like fermentation character out of a few of them, I think that are mm-hmm, making mm-hmm. sort of interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a fan of the neutral sort of uh, right. flavors that I'm getting out of the uh, the Sierra Nevada and the uh, Shallow Grave, and to some extent the, uh, the Black Butte Porter. Mike, would you would you say any of these beers are out of style? Well, uh, you know, for Robust Porter, Joe's, Joe's, Imper- <laughs> Joe's yes. Imperial Robust Porter is out of style. Yeah, that's uh, more like uh, Russian Imperial style. Yeah. What is shallow grave? It's up at the higher end, right? Seven percent. Seven. All right. It's really unbalanced. It's a great beer. I, I'll in the, have to say in the meantime, that, I don't know. It's just, just too English for what I'm expecting on a robust port. I'm not even thinking about yeah, as an got English a, style it's anymore. Kind of a bit of a soy something. Kind of a uh, soy sauce, yeah. a funk. Uh, kind of a yeah. kind of like a beer to guard. Kind of you know that weird kind of corky, moldy kind of funk. I mean, nice beer too. But it's got that overlay of something else. Hmm. Well, Joe's here. <laughs> the meantime. In the meantime. Okay. The meantime, yeah. It's got oh, uh, mean, the meantime. Here. Yes. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> yeah, he was like, <laughs> oh, man, you're just bagging on Joe. I know. I was like, damn. Oh, I'll bag on Joe. That's fine. I just, I just, you know, it's nothing personal uh, on any brewery or any brewer. It's just, well, what you taste. And, and that's just that sample. That isn't. The end all be all of a brewery. This is one bottle out of you know, like Sierra Nevada. This is one bottle out of you know the millions, the you know close to a million barrels a year that they produce. It does not define them. So if if I find something wrong with it, just means that bottle I didn't like. Yeah, doesn't mean that I don't like the brewery or the beers. So uh, you know, it it is it is what it is. I'm glad we're letting this beer warm up. Uh huh. Because I. More more flavors coming out for you? After going through it 15 minutes ago, yeah. now we're like, oh, different beers. All right. Well, Moscow, let's start with you. What, yeah. What's your your take on these? Well, starting with the meantime, mm-hmm. could it be, because what I wrote down was um, that it's 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 fairly rich, but it, it kind of tasted caramelly, almost like that same mm-hmm. off flavor um, in the previous episode that we, we were doing ordinary bitters. And yeah, oxidation. And mm-hmm. I didn't know if that if that was just because it's kind of Englishy up against the rest of these examples, no, or if right. it's oxidized. 
You're right. It's oxidized. Okay. Well, Scott's kind of right. Weird, everybody, like a weird like nice cellar, job, cellar funk to it too. Um, I, from from Joe's beer, uh, it's it's I wrote very rich. So I mean, it makes sense that this is almost more more sort of Russian Russian imperial stout. Like I do get a distinct vanilla cream flavor from it, uh-huh. which was an interesting nice beer. Yeah, really nice beer. Way too big. It was an interesting comparison against the uh, the Heretic, which I love that beer. And that's not just because Jamil's in front of me. I, I love Shallow Grave. And it tastes like chocolate cream pie to me, which is interesting because it's distinct vanilla from Joe's and distinct chocolate cream from Heretic, which I know chocolate is, I mean, that's kind of just part of the style. Yeah. And then we add the cream as part of our lovemaking process. Yeah. <laughs> you add it inside, obviously, yeah. right? I added it right to your glass. That's man. how he busted right. his nut. The Sierra Porter is the lightest in color for sure by a lot. Mm-hmm. It's the lightest in flavor by a almost, lot. Almost brown ale. Yeah, totally. Like low roasty, especially up against the rest of these examples. It tastes like a brown ale for sure. Um, the black and be- looks like a brown ale. Yeah, it does. It's it's a nice brown ale, often. but brown ale. And then the Black Butte, the uh, Deschutes beer, uh, was similar to Sierra. I thought not in not in looks. It looks much darker, but it tastes the second lightest. This, there's no comparison with lightness as far the Sierra is number one in that category, but maybe and that's just because they're the most widely distributed, and so they have to sort of appeal to the most people by keeping them subdued. Yeah, I don't know that it's really subdued. I think it's got a great balance to it. It does. There's there's a, does. a biscuit note. There's a you know bready malt note. There's a little chocolate. There's an English uh, fermentation character. It's all balanced. It's fairly subtle, but I tell you, I think that's that's one fine porter right there. It's got a nice water profile too. It's got yeah. a really, really interesting uh, softness. You the know, water. there's no, you know, one no wondering why that thing is selling a ton. They mm-hmm. sell a ton of Blackview Porter. That's a good. That's a damn good porter. Yeah. What is it about the the water profile that fits this beer so well, or is it Deschutes across the board? No, I think it brings. Out, I think it's, it seems like it's a soft water, more chloride, you know, focused water. It seems to bring it brings out the maltiness in the beer. I can, uh, it's just what I'm getting out of it. You think that's an important step for for people to do when they're brewing porters? I think it's something to consider when you're trying to make a, right. a beer. You know, emphasize the maltiness. You got to watch uh, out. You know, yeah. dark roasted beers can become far too acidic and harsh. And that's that's why making a dark sour beer is very difficult. Uh, that acidity, along with the roasted grains, uh, can be very harsh. Can't you over uh, calcium chloride this style? Sure, because you'll soften, and then all of a sudden, right, the I, you know, I, you can you can overdo anything, right? All right. So what's what's your what's your top top beer here? Uh, the shallow grave for the sure grave. Uh, by by a lot actually. I I just love that beer. I, I don't know what it is about it specifically. But I just always get the the chocolate cream it's from the it, love, and it's love just we had. delightful. Just in your glass. And what about what about you, Johnny? Forgive me, Jamil. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I would. You. <laughs> You're dead to me, but uh, no, 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 no. Don't worry about. It. Uh, I I didn't pick ours. I didn't pick the heretic as top. The meantime was actually my favorite when it was cold. But mm-hmm. now that it's warmed up, mm-hmm. I get this kind of, uh, there's something funky going on in the back. There's kind of a cellar thing going on. I, I think it's going to go bad soon, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I think Joe's, uh, there's a soy sauce character there. It's way over the top. You know, it's clean fermented, but I don't think it's the style. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike Riddles, I really like a lot. Um, mm-hmm. His porter is spot on. Um, it's a little too over the top for me for a over- robust porter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
kind of borderline stoutish. I, I like the, it's so well fermented, so clean, and the chocolate is so, it's just the chocolate is like so, it's amazing beer. But I think for a porch. It's similar to his Russian Imperial Stouts. Yeah. Exactly. In the dark malt, malt profile. And it's, yeah. Is, is, he, is he making this from like second runnings of his Russian Imperial Stouts? Do you know, know. Joe? Um, n- I don't know what he's doing for the robust porter that he sent, but mm-hmm. the one I brought is actually a dumbed down version of his Russian, Russian Imperial Stout. Yeah. 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 We've barrel aged that one in bourbon barrels before. Yeah. And it's, oh, it's fantastic. Oh, it must be, must be incredible. Uh, yeah. But I, I, I get that same, there's a bit of an ash like character to that porter. Which is present in his Russian Imperial Stout, which last time I tasted it was probably eight years ago. But um, we don't forget. I remember. It. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. But I think, I think it's an excellent robust porter. I think that that kind of character, though, it's like eh, it's kind of bordering on the stout character instead of the porter character. Right. But it's a really well made beer. That's, Could be that's a, a fantastic beer. Roasted barley as opposed to black patent kind of difference. Or? Yeah, you know, or could, stoutish could, could be. You know, it's it's the percentage I think of of super dark grains versus I don't know because he uses a lot, and I think I think that's you know if it was backed off a little bit, still it's a great beer. I would drink that beer. Would I call it a, a great robust porter? I call it a, a, a an excellent robust porter. Yeah, but. Um, perfect example of style no so you know mike mike makes great beers so all right john so your the sierra porter yeah uh was more brown porter like to me yeah and then uh heretic i I actually think there's something wrong in it Mm -hmm. Uh, it's a little too estuary Mm -hmm. there's a there's a an astringency kind of going on Mm -hmm. um i don't think there's enough chocolate or roasting malt supporting in the background of this beer um my number one is black butte okay I'll punch you in the nuts later. All right. Uh, Mike? <laughs> yeah. I, as well, uh, had Black Butte as my uh, mm-hmm. slight favorite. Uh, like John. And in, like Scott, I'm a big fan of the Shallow Grave. I like the... Uh, first of all, the Black Butte. I think it's just uh, has a lot lot of really good character to it. It's uh, it's just what I expect uh, in, a, in a robust porter. Maybe because, you know... In some ways, uh, Deschutes defines the style to me. So that's just, you know, mm-hmm. probably more like my bias rather mm-hmm. than uh, liking uh, liking it more than Shallow Grave. Shallow Grave is a great beer. It's, you know, it's probably a 42-point beer. And it's going to win a lot of medals uh, in its future by ever changing a thing. So, yeah, that's the, the one-two for me is Black Butte and Shallow Grave. Black Butte and, and Shallow Grave. And then uh, as a as a... I think uh, I already mentioned, or a good third. I, I chose Mike Riddle's beer. I know it's pretty mm-hmm. much out of style, but mm-hmm. uh, it's a beer. I I I, I like it. I liked it better than the Sierra beer, so I just chose it. I mean, Sierra might be a better example of the style. I'm I'm with you. Uh, Black Butte was my number one. Uh, the Heretic was my number two. Um, and Riddle was was my number three. And I I could you know. It, it's such a good beer that I had initially. I was going Black Butte number one, Riddle number two, Heretic number three. But style wise, I guess if you're you know you're gonna lean on style, then this, this is a style show, right? Then I'd I'd push the Riddle to, to number three because yeah. I think it's a, a super well made beer. Oh yeah, it's an excellent beer. Uh, the Sierra, I think, is a well made beer. I think you know it's it's 
I assume it's in the style guide as a classic example. Time to remove it from the classic examples of robust porter. It's, I mean, we're just forcing it in there or bump it to brown porter. It's too hoppy for brown porter. You know, it's 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 brown it's ale. Brown. You know, <laughs> it used to be uh, much uh, darker than yeah, when it. Yeah, it had the remember that the blue label instead of this brown label. Sure, it wasn't uh, the stout you're talking Maybe about. Maybe I know the stout was yellow. I think I could have sworn it had yeah. dark, darker right. advertising. Used to be a blue yeah, it's, it, it does. It doesn't belong anymore. You know, I, I love Sierra Nevada. Oh, I think I think they make you know flawless beers. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, when you're talking about style, you're talking about recipe choice and all that other stuff. Yeah. I mean, if we put out their uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale and called it a robust porter, uh, I'd have to bash on that for that. But I, right. I think it's a great beer. I think it's. Um, you know, it's it's tending more towards. It, it doesn't match up with the the robust porter category with everything else that we're, right. we're looking at. For instance, so. at GABF, they may have entered that in another category besides. Right, right. Porter. I I I don't think that they'd they probably haven't win in that. Yeah. Um, I thought that Joe's beer was was good, but again, Russian Imperial Stout. The meantime, I get a weird kind of cellar character for from it. What do you mean by cellar character? Is it like a mustiness? You mean? Yeah, musty, corky. Okay. Kind of weird, kind of thing going on. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I'm, I'm Black Butte. So the winner is Black Butte. Black Butte. Yeah. Black Butte. Yeah. It's a great beer. Excellent. There you are. There you are. All right. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll do something other than what we've just done. After this. <laughs> A few things happened 30 years ago. Arfanet migrated to TCPIP, and the internet was born. Revenge of the Jedi was renamed Return of the Jedi and opened in theaters. Mila Kunis and Emily Blunt were born, beginning a rad fantasy in my mind. But all of that pales next to the fact that HopTech opened its doors and began blowing homebrewers right out of their mash tuns. HopTech doesn't fuck around. Real people shipping awesome shit straight to you. Their new website is fast and easy to navigate. Or just call 800-379-4677 and let badass bitch Jade and brewing brother Roberto blow their warm load of customer service all over you. So visit the site or visit the store in Dublin, California and support those that support you. Get your brewing on at hoptech.com. Hey, my Bruin brothers and sisters, this is Jamel Zanishev, and I want to tell you about my favorite heretic beer, Shallow Grave Porter. I love the rich, malty character of this beer. While full and rich, Shallow Grave has an easy drinking finish that isn't too sweet. I've always loved my homebrew porter recipe, so when it's time to brew Heretic Shallow Grave, I started with that in mind, but I tweaked it with all my latest recipe ideas. Just like in homebrewing, I made sure we used only the finest malts, malts that would produce the ideal flavor for this beer. We used select British malts to get the rich chocolate and caramel flavors that we spared no expense. The result is a beer as dark as a moonless night with hints of vanilla, coffee, and chocolate. Perfect for a cool evening out in the woods. Cheers. BN Army, I'm here to talk seriously for a second. You all are partially responsible for something explosive, and it's time you answer for it. Moonlight Meadery is exploding. Yeah, exploding across the country with insane quality meads. With nearly 70 different varieties of meat on the market, Moonlight Meadery has blown up the meat category and completely reinvented it. 
seriously? What? Seriously. What? You're paying money for that watered-down mead when you could have a Moonlight mead? Moonlight doesn't stop at 14% like most meaderies to save 40 cents a gallon. Moonlight meads explode with quality and flavor. They're a party in a bottle. Did someone say party? If you want mead and want the best, you want meads from Moonlight Meadery and will accept nothing less. Be a part of the BN Mead Explosion and ask for, no, demand Moonlight Meads at your favorite bottle shop. Moonlight Meads. Girly names, manly meads. Hey, sign me up for that party. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months and then to the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> Hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment nine years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer and Brew Free or Die IPA throughout California and Alaska. And now it's also available on draft at select accounts in the Bay Area. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Brewers, anyone can resell homebrew equipment and recipe clone kits. Get original at Adventures in Homebrewing. Adventures in Homebrewing has the knowledge and expertise to craft their own gear and original recipe kits that you'll love. Home of the Serial Killer Grain Mill, 220,000 BTU propane burners, custom stainless steel false bottoms, as well as custom-built brew stands and systems. These are just some of the items Adventures in Homebrewing designs and manufactures in-house. And the brewers at Adventures in Homebrewing keep designing, too. Original extract and all-grain recipe kits that are tried and tested and proven to be of the best quality. Most popular are the Blueberry Tangerine Porter, the Nor'easter Cranberry Fest, and the Peanut Butter Conspiracy Stout. Once you try one of Adventures in Homebrewing's original recipes, you'll keep coming back for more. And don't forget to use the coupon code BIG10 when you place your order to save 10%. That's coupon code BIG10, B-I-G-T-E-N. Visit Adventures in Homebrewing at homebrewing.org right now and get original today. Homebrewing.org. Join the adventure. Now back to Jamil, Tasty, and Blise. It's Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. We've uh, tasted uh, our beers, did we? Uh, and we went over it on the air. <laughs> and what do you think of the 25-year-old beer? Uh, I thought uh, it... Uh, it smells very much like soy sauce smells. If you ever smell soy sauce, that's what it smells like. And, you know, a lot of beers, when they get that old, that's what you're going to get, a lot of soy sauce character. I think if it was a much bigger beer, then we would start getting all these fruity characters and all these esters that develop from as the alcohols oxidize and convert and, and change over. You start getting all these other characters to them. And I think that that could be there. And, and maybe there would be some residual body it is extremely thin and uh, soy saucy, and 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 um, you know not a lot much else. So nice attempt. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I, I wasn't wasn't thrilled, but I, I was thrilled that somebody went through the trouble of saving that and sending it to us. That I 
really cool. adore. So uh, great, great uh, yeah. props to Glenn, was it? or Gene. Gene. It was yeah. a, a great thrill to taste it. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of it, but it's great great to taste a beer that old. And B, right, right. it's not in bad shape. It's just lifeless and thin. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It says a lot about the power of expectations, too, because as Jamil tasted it during the break, he was retching. Oh, and then, I so was not retching. I finally please. went for it. I was probably scratching my nutsack or something. <laughs> Dude, I had to pick you up off the ground, Jamil. Come on. Yeah. And so I was expecting, you know, the worst. And so when I tasted it, I was like, oh, this doesn't taste like poison. You know, it was all right. <laughs> doesn't taste yeah, like poison. Cool. From the 10 or 12 times you've been poisoned. It was nothing like purpose. any of those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it, it's, it's got some fruitiness, though, to it. And um, I don't know. If it was carbonated, that would help. The, the cap lost all carbonation. So it's flat. Yeah, there was a good inch help. missing. Uh, of beer in there, yeah, it probably evaporated. What 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 did you guys think? It, it tastes uh, clean to me. It doesn't taste oxidized. So whatever, I don't know. Oh, that, all that soy sauce character. Soy sauce might be hiding that. That's that's, that's, that's oxidation. That's the oxidation. Right, not yeah. my. It's beyond my classic cardboard oxidation. It's, yeah, it no, goes, it's, it's, it's just steps further. Yeah, now. soy sauce, sweet funky caramel. Um, the the cardboard and paper is really only in like a light lager when you don't have caramel malt when you don't have roast malt when you don't have those when you have roast malt think soy sauce when you have caramel malt think kind of a weird sweet intense caramel when you don't have either of those think paper uh, cardboard those a lot of those descriptors that uh, are out there are based off of all the work that was done with American light lager uh, you know great companies like uh anheuser bush uh you know miller coors you know they've done a lot of uh, fantastic work in you know trying to make flawless products Mm -hmm. and a lot of this analysis of flavor is based off of their work on their products now it's not a product that we choose to drink or you know a style that we appreciate but their dedication to quality especially at anheuser bush is what has driven that right. and, and they, hop quality and a lot of that stuff. And their so, quantification of the sensory yeah, stuff don't, is important. Don't don't bash them off of that. You know, bash no. them off of you know their choice of what they brew. Right, but the way they market not, it. Not their their skill the big and tits technology. on their models and stuff. Like yeah, yeah, that. yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, but that's where that paper cardboardy thing comes in. But really, what you're talking about, soy sauce or caramel, and 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 that's that's the the thing you notice. Joe, did you get a chance to try the? Uh, yeah, I, uh, I did. Twenty-five year old beer. I agree with most of what what you said. You know, I I definitely taste that caramel in there. I don't I don't get any cardboard in it. Right. Um, yeah. No. No real yeah, cardboard. Very yeah, you know, very thin. Soy just saucy. Like the yeah. the mouthfeel of water. Yes. You know, just <laughs> well, it's not carbonated. So yeah. even carbonated water has more mouthfeel than that. So <laughs> so it doesn't taste. It tastes completely flat. But when you look at it, there uh-huh. is a little tiny bit of head, and there's some bubbles. So how does anything stay in it? You know. Right, yeah, this is like one and a quarter volumes or something. This is about as low as carbonation gets. You know, one volume is just natural CO2 kind of, you know. That is as low as carbonation goes. And as murky as as all get out. Yeah, so what is the explanation for that? Because everything falls out of it and it becomes thin. You would think that... The opposite of murk would happen. Mur- murky implies stuff in some, there. But it was some here. producer for the show shook it up and just swinging it around like an animal. Well, what? What, do you, what do you want me to do? Take a hovercraft what? here? 
Yes. <laughs> carrying any your jock strap, you know. You know. You, you, you it's easy to, well, you know, bottle, I assume this is, well, if it's not bottle condition, what did settle to the bottom are, are like light solids, right, that would stir up really easily. If it's bottle condition, the yeast will sort of like keep kind of keep everything down there. But if it's just a beer, I assume it was bottle condition beer, right? This, uh, yeah, probably. Uh, so you know, just picking up the bottle is going to stir that stuff up. And sure. if you grab, if you put two bottles in one hand, one's at ninety degrees, you're you're stirring it up pretty good. This was the very first pour off of the bottle. That's the top. That's the that's top. That's the stuff. top. You can't even see. Yeah. It so that, whatever. Uh, yeah. I don't. I don't know what's going on with that. All right. So you know, what is it that uh, you know makes a great robust porter? What you know, what should people be focusing on to make uh, excellent robust porter? I'd go with a balance of chocolate malt and, mm-hmm. and maltiness, and don't overhop it. Right. I, I would go with um, selection of your roasted grains because when you select your roasted grains. Some of them, you, you you know, you go in and you ask for chocolate malt. There's chocolate malt at 300 love. There's there chocolate go. malt at 600 love. So which one do you choose? Right. Uh, you know, for Robust Porter, I, I go with the lower level bond chocolates. Um, Does that mean you increase your percentage? Uh, it, the, that might be. Okay. But the, the, the point being, um, be aware that these different malts have different color ratings. So you could get black patent malt. At at six hundred, you can get black patent malt at four fifty. Uh, you know they're not the same. The name is the same, but the resulting product is different. So maybe you're going to choose you know one over the other, a different amount over the other. And somebody tells you, yeah, use a pound of chocolate malt in this, and you buy six hundred love chocolate malt or five hundred love chocolate malt or three hundred love chocolate malt. Which one? You know, are they specifying to to have a have a great uh, example of porter? So for me, that's that's one thing. That's cute. You know, make, yeah. making sure you have some crystal malt in there and some some malt background from the from the base malt. I think that's important. Is this an application for crystal sixty or ninety? Sure, bigger sure. crystals. Sure, yeah. That's what I think. And that's a lot a, of really you resiny. That, you think that's one of the keys? To I think it's the key to the beer. Almost. Yeah, the crystal malt. It's me what carries this beer. Uh-huh. The chocolate, of course, is to me is more of a character thing. Mm-hmm. It's a crystal that you're you're bouncing the the higher hopping level against. Because if you don't, if you don't have crystal malt in robust porter, I think you end up more dry stout, stout yeah. right? Regardless of the colors and of of the roasted malts, if you go too too dark on the the roasted malts, then it it, be, it starts carrying over into the stout category, like like Mike uh, Riddle's I'm just beer, of my excellent beer, yeah. but a little too ash like, a little too. Uh, Dark roasty. Yeah, I could use more. It's a little, a little thin in the body. Some some more crystal would help that out. I think. And a and a different color or yeah. range of uh, the dark malts. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So there you go. There's there you go. Some, some tips on uh, brewing the uh, robust porter, and uh, I bet you there's great tips uh, brewing robust porter from uh, Adventures in Home Brewing. Uh, did you get to try all those great uh, Michigan beers at the National Homebrew Conference in San Diego? Well. Adventures in Homebrew and Delivered. Nice. Did you see that great false bottom in your buddy's cooler or in his wife? Uh, Adventures in Homebrewing uh, <laughs> Delivered. Did you see the great custom-built brew stand, Adventures in Homebrewing Delivered? Uh, visit our friends at Adventures in Homebrewing at homebrewing.org. They do global shipping. 
They've got a great selection, adventures in homebrewing, serving homebrewers since 1999. They've also got two locations in uh, Michigan, so go visit them if you're out there. There you go. I like the the name. Yeah, it's a great name, Adventures in Homebrewing. Yeah. Because homebrewing can be an adventure. It can be, you know. It really can be. It's it's a great thing thing to do. All right. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we will uh, wrap it up with uh, questions from the chat and God knows what else after this. Northern Brewer presents What If Homebrewers Ruled the World. Ladies and gentlemen, if you'll follow me, I will lead you into the gallery area. Now, the first piece up for sale today is a Jamil Zena Chef original, a bottle of 1997 vintage Evil Twin. Oh, I see. A bidding for this one-of-a-kind piece will start at £7,000. And if you'll continue to follow me, ladies and gentlemen, I can show you a rather abstract piece from Bay Area brewer Justin Crossley. It's a German Doppelbach entitled Justin's Giant Bach. The brewer's notes here indicate that this beer had excellent mouthfeel. That's just a crazy dream. Or is it? With Northern Brewer, a thirsty nation can craft its own ale and water for the greater good of mankind. Northern Brewer, the home of superior customer service and the finest selection of home brewing goods for the future. Tonight is the night. We bring the creature to life, Dr. Blitzkrankstein? Yes, J.P. Gore. Everything is perfect for my next fermented creation. My daughter, the storm is too far away. We'll never have enough power to isomerize the creature's alpha acid. <laughs> yes, J.P. Gore, we will. For I have in my possession the Tower of Power! Lickman's new Tower of Power is the evolution of automation. Control hot liquor, sparge, and mash temps like a pro. The Tower of Power is a high-quality gas-fired rim system that works with your current brewing setup. With ultra-precision, the tower can hold your mash to one-half of a degree Fahrenheit. Precision and repeatability. The Tower of Power is the answer to automatic, fast ramp times. See more at BlickmanEngineering.com. Bring your next creation to life with the Tower of Power. Dr. Blickman's with the Tower of Power, you can probably give me an afternoon at the pub to enjoy. Don't be silly, J.P. Gore. We have beer to brew. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the homebrewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read. Read your way to better homebrew. A vial of White Labs yeast is the key to your best beer. 
When you open a vial of White Labs yeast, you're giving your beer its best chance for a perfect fermentation. In addition to their already incredible variety of yeast, White Labs is proud to announce WLP 90, San Diego Super Yeast, now available year-round. WLP 90 is super clean, super fast fermenting, with low esters and has a neutral flavor and aroma profile. It's alcohol tolerant and highly flocculent. For more of the latest White Labs news, click over to whitelabs.com, where you can read reviews of yeast, learn in the lab section, and join the customer club. And if you should find yourself in San Diego, White Labs has a brand new training facility for craft brewers and home brewers alike. Whitelabs.com. Discover yeast, nutrients, enzymes, and more for commercial breweries, home brewers, and homebrew stores. White Labs. It's all in the vial. What'd you get? More brewing ingredients? Yep. You know what I love about Brewmaster's Warehouse? The $6.99 shipping. Well, yeah, but... Oh, the in-store classes for beginning brewers. Yeah, that's cool, but... Oh, oh, the brew builder. Creating and saving your recipes online is... Awesome! No, I'm... Yes, but... The cheese-making supplies. No. Oh, the wine-making supplies. <sighs> oh, the distilling equipment and liquor flavorings. All that stuff is awesome, yes, but what I really love is that the guy who runs it is totally hot. And, and that brew builder software is awesome. Oh, yeah. Brewmaster's Warehouse brings you flat rate shipping on great equipment and ingredients to make beer, wine, cheese, and spirits at brewmasterswarehouse.com. And if you're in Georgia, stop by Brewmaster's Warehouse Monday through Saturday from 10 to 6. Visit brewmasterswarehouse.com today because it's totally hot. Oh, yeah. You're listening to Brewing with Style on the Brewing Network. Now back to Brewing with Style. All right, we're back. Time for Jay-Z's Medical Corner. Oh, wait, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so there's a problem with your ass now, I guess. I uh, know. <laughs> first the front side, let's go the back side. So just get, so. You were scratching your ass. I don't really care about your medical issues. Bending over, mopping no. the floor. <laughs> Jesus. You're fucking <laughs> falling apart. This What's could... the matter with you guys? I was going to suggest that oh, everybody oh. go get a no, flu whoa. shot. Oh, okay. oh of course. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go get a flu shot. I right? thought you had another body now's, injury. Now's the time. Go get your flu shot. And all you people are thinking you're going to get Alzheimer's or or some shit from getting a flu shot. I already got that. You know, just, just be, be you common sense. Don't read the internet. Go and get yourself a flu shot. You're going to protect yourself. You're going to protect others. You're protect when your I, family. When I go to these goddamn events and I shake hands with a thousand homebrewers, if you all got your goddamn flu shots, I wouldn't get sick every time. So I got my flu shot. You get yours, too. Dude, pocket sanitizer, Jamil. <laughs> yeah, my pockets are filled with sanitizer. That's why <laughs> my hands are in my pockets fumbling around because uh, it's for the sanitizer. Right. See. I'm reaching for my sanitizer. Every Not a bad time. idea. So. Go get your flu shot. It's good for you. And the needles are much... We were talking about this during the break. The needles are much finer. Oh, yeah. And it's absolutely painless, painless no, no. now. Except till the day after. And it oh, lingers for three days. No. And you feel like you got like Charlie Horse in the shoulder. God. It's a good feeling. John, it's like John, a good John. workout. You know? I get it every year. It's okay. I know. I'm a pussy, but hey. <laughs> I get my flu shot. Ask for be, it. Be a pussy butt. like John and get a flu shot. There you go. It's good for you. Sponsor good for the everybody pussy. else. There you go. All right. That's JC's Medical Corner this time. You never know what you're going to get. 
<laughs> you could you could get an exciting story. You could get uh, a, a PSR. Could get a public service announcement. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> PSA. Sorry. You ready for some questions about uh, robust porters? <laughs> yeah. N. Patterson wants to know if you were to make a smoked robust porter, what mm-hmm. is the uh, recommendation for smoke malt? Uh, just under 20%. And the, would, the recommendation okay. is buy Brewing Classic Styles. <laughs> Google fucking, it. Fucking read it in there, dude. <laughs> or buy the Brew Your Own Magazine. Coming up, go go to thebrewingnetwork.com. Sign up for Brew Your Own Magazine. The Brewing Network is half of that. And then the next issue coming up is probably going to be Smoke Porter. So other than percentage, what about <laughs> kind? Like peat, <laughs> cherry? No. No peat. No peat malt. Never use ever. peated malt ever. In anything. No. It does not belong in beer. No, don't buy it. What? It, why does it even exist? Good question. For whiskey. Yes. Yeah. Ah. It's like, why do turds exist? Right? They just have not to. Not to throw them in beer. So there you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah uh, you know, uh, 15 to 20%. Uh, Beechwood smoked is good. Um, the cherry that I have tried has been a bit intense. So if you're going to do cherry, maybe cut that in half. And smoke malt varies dramatically from batch to batch and by age and all that. So every time you're going to use smoke malt, taste the smoke malt. Smell the smoke malt. Because I've actually had some where I opened up a taste and smelled it and there was no smoke. Hmm. I was like, this is Munich malt. Hmm. There's no smoke. So hmm. You would then use more or... Or go get, or get some something else and say yeah. it's not going to work. So, what do you think about like uh, maybe uh, as a normal procedure, just making a tea with some of your specialty malts, just to kind of get an idea sure. of what character you're adding to it? Yeah, like, yeah. taste it, make a tea, something like that. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Big Rec wants to know. Uh, he said he had a milk stout that won two first places in two seconds, so he did really well with it. He said it won first place as a sweet stout, and it also won a first place as a porter in separate competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, do you think that the style teeters, you know, just kind of walks the line, or do you have another explanation for how that could have happened? Uh, you know, it, it could have been in between the two, and then just all the other beers were shit. It could have been that, you know, the judges in one competition were idiots compared to the judges in another competition. Uh, generally, if you make a really well-fermented beer, that's why I keep harping on, it's not wort production that is so important. It's great fermentation and, you know, you know, producing a great beer. It doesn't really matter what the recipe is. If you make a great beer and everyone else is making beers with fermentation problems, the judges are going to go like, well, I really like this one. Eh, it's close enough to the style. Yeah, first place. And that's what happens. Good tasting beer will always prevail over. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you could be beer you could be dead nuts centerist style, but if it's not fermented well, yeah. who gives a shit? That's a bad beer. So it's a, it's a brewing competition, not a recipe formulation competition. Keep that in mind. Uh, did we cover yeast? What strain of yeast is, is best for this? Oh yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of beers would be like an 001, a ten fifty six, uh, but uh, Black Butte is more of an 002. An English ale done, you know, fairly clean. I like the 005, the British ale strain. It's a little drier, attenuates more, and I think it brings out a little bit more of a, like, there's a little cherry ester profile to it. Hmm. Jamil, you ever use that type of yeast for this style? Uh, No, I haven't. Um, You know, one thing that a a good friend of mine uh, always recommended was, and 
uh, was uh, using um, the steam beer yeast, uh, the California lager from White Labs, and using that in the porter. He said that that was out of this world great. It sounds like there's some you, there's some room to sort of experiment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, you know. So that you know, that's something that people should try. I would give that a try. Sounds good. That's uh, a fairly neutral yeast, so right. why not? Fairly neutral with some interesting character to it, kind but of emphasizes uh, malt. Yeah, he said it was uh, just the greatest porter you could make. Yeah. So give that a try. Okay, a couple more. Uh, Jamil's bloody sack wants to know how uh, he can make a robust porter as creamy as shallow grave. Oats, he wonders? No, a uh, little bit of love in Moscow's glass. Um, that is not an option for Jamil. Oh, actually, it is. <laughs> yeah, right. You could just add it to your own. Yeah. Um, uh, it's a you know, if you email me, I can send you the recipe. It's, um, you know, it's a, a pale ale-based malt. It's, um, it's a Munich... It's, uh, you know, chocolate malt, it's crystal malt, very standard. You know, a lot of it is fermentation. Um, you know, if you look at a lot of our beers, you see the lacing that goes down the glass and the, the head retention and things like that. That's based on good fermentation practices and, um, you know, proper pitching and things like that. And that is why a beer tastes, you know, creamy a lot of the times is you know it's just really well fermented and you get a great head on it and all that yes yeah, a standing you know a good headstand will always make the beer taste creamier yeah because anytime you just your glass is still and no, and no foam at all there's something wrong with the beer or the glass mm-hmm. and a lot of times it's fermentation problems right and that's true regardless of style yeah i think so mm-hmm. i think it makes a big difference uh my my good friend uh one of my best friends uh travis sent him a case of beer just recently and he was like why are the beers so creamy what have you done you've changed the beers they're creamier than ever and i'm like no we're just you know we're, we're settling it's better water in fairfield and it's allowing the beer to be you know even creamier and, and got a great character to it uh great fermentation so gorek wants to know is there a difference between u.s robust porter and uk robust porter Sure. Um, you know, generally the UK robust porter be a lower alcohol, not quite as roasty, and have uh, you know British yeast character. Okay, and last one we touched on it a little bit um, from Jordan Moss, and not so much hoppy as the American versions. Uh, from Jordan That's Moss, a good he, question. Sorry, he, no, no, he wants to know. Um, what the uh, we touched on it, what the dividing line between a porter and a stout is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jordan said he thought it was uh, intensity of flavors, and you know porters are milder. Um, but he, you know, he want let's put a finer point on it. He wants to know popular brands. You know, you would consider a porter instead of a stout, or vice versa. That's a hard question to answer. <laughs> there might I not mean, be an answer. I mean, if nothing comes to mind, you know, right? I mean, uh, two well, beers. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a porter when you know it's a porter, stout when you know it's a stout. I, I, I think it's really, you know, a lot of it is, that dividing line is that roast character. It's it's the riddle beer versus the Black Butte. The riddle beer, a little more ash-like and darker and more towards the coffee. The Black Butte, more towards the chocolate 
a little softer in its roast character. But it's got the caramel Coffee. balance too. Uh-huh. That's that's the difference between stout and porter. It's a fine line, but you know, once you've tasted it, you're like, oh, okay. And I, and I think one of the things to do is get a get a classic example of a stout, get a classic example of a porter, drink them side by side, and think, what is it I'm tasting that's different between these two? I think about the ingredients. You know, think about roast versus chocolate character. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's that's a big difference. Okay, one, one more quick one came in, and this is a quick answer um, from a Fruity Tudor. A good fermentation temperature for robust porters brewed with the OO2. He said he has a Black Butte clone from Can You Brew It in the fermenter um, and had to bump it from 64 to 68. Will it be too estuary for the style at 68? It depends when he bumped it to 68. I mean, uh, how far long? If he was like yeah, halfway through the ferment, he's going to be fine. He's not going to produce that much. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're, if you're past the growth phase, you'll be fine. Yeah. If he pitched enough, I mean, why did he raise the temperature? Or why? Why did he? Was it diacetyl rest, or did, was the fermentation lagging? Or uh, there's other reasons he couldn't chill it down enough. Did just stick off? Yeah. He, he says twenty hours. Of, After twenty hours, he raised it to sixty-eight. I guess that's yeah. That should be fine. He can probably get a little more English character out he, of that use. Yeah. That's all. He you said know. it wasn't fermenting when it was at sixty-four. Oh. Yeah, well, he might have had a long leg. Then. Yeah, he didn't pitch enough. Yeah, probably. Um, but you know, most of your growth is done well. So he didn't pitch enough. So growth was probably still happening at that point. You know, growth will go up to you know forty some odd hours, thirty thirty some odd hours. So it's probably still in the growth um, at that point. But um, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Just you know, see what it is when it's done, and that'll tell you. But regardless, it'll be good. Enjoy. Okay. Well, before this show goes 30 hours, thank you to the chat room for the questions. There you go. We're not that far over. We're like nine minutes over. Jesus Christ. You'd think we're on like CBS radio or something. (laughs) Jesus. I bet you CBS has a store with some products in it. No. No, No. they don't actually. Not like this store. Right. Go to the Brewing yes, Network. Yes, I know, I know. Go to the Brewing Network store. <laughs> check it out. Thebrewingnetwork.com slash store. Shirts, books, hats, glassware, growlers. everything, everything. Uh, growlers, all of the great stuff. The uh, the Hop Grenade logo on there. Get that stuff. Support that stuff at your next meeting, at your next beer event. You're going to see all sorts of cool people wearing the Hop Grenade uh, logo. Only the coolest. And, uh, and uh, it shows that you're part of the club. And when you buy that stuff... All that goes to the bottom line of the Brewing Network. That pays for these shows and uh, really makes a difference. So don't be shy. Buy that stuff and, and enjoy. Uh, also, check out our fine sponsor, the northernbrewer.com. Uh, good folks at Northern Brewer. Till then, brew strong, everybody. And often. Awesome.